Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back, Jets fans, to the sixth edition of the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett. And we're glad to be with you. You'll hear this on Thursday. It's Wednesday night, which means yesterday was an excellent OTA practice. We'll get into that. But first, let's put a bow on what we did in episode five, where Wayne talked about retirement. It's a tough subject. He wanted to discuss it. He brought it up. He volunteered. And the response was overwhelming. I mean, the feedback we got from people, from fans, from non-fans was overwhelming. You know, Wayne thought it was important to touch on the topic of depression post-retirement, even get into injuries. In his case, it's it's a you know, it's a scary part of injuries with the NFL. The NFL's taken major steps to to rectify that. But, you know, knowing Wayne, he wouldn't have done it any other diff any other way. So let's put a bow on that. Wayne, how are you tonight? Good, Robbie. How you doing? I'm pretty good. You know, I uh I almost got sunburnt to a crisp yesterday. It was so hot in Florham Park. Right, right, uh, right. Luckily, I got sunblock at the last moment. But um, other than that, I feel pretty good. All right. Yeah. I actually got a chance to uh, go to the golf, Jets golf event on Monday. Did not play. Got shoulder surgery, as you can see. But uh, I talked to Woody a lot. Talked to some of the uh, you know management. And they just seem very excited about what's going on. I'm sure you can see that out today. I'm definitely excited about you know, the new quarterback and uh, Zach Wilson, but we'll get into that. A uh, big thing I wanted to do is just do a follow-up on the last uh, podcast about retirement and all that stuff and what I went through. I just appreciate the outpouring of support and some of the comments that I got on Twitter. I just want to read some of them. Obviously, Michael Palace just said, thanks for this at Wayne Corbett. I had someone, uh, you know, some people just can relate to it. Um, El Dudorino said it takes a strong person to admit that you might have a mental health issue. Kudos to Wayne for publicly putting this out there. It will help someone. Yeah, that was part of why I was thinking about that. You know, just let you know, everybody goes through it, makes different phases of life. So, like I said, nice to know I could touch somebody. Uh, Brandon D. McCauley said, a very sad ending to one of hashtag Jets fans' favorite players in franchise history. He had already made his mark in hashtag Jets history and will always be remembered as one of the greats. 
Lunch pail, Cinderella, blue collar, native elite clutch are just a few words to describe at Wayne Corbett. That is awesome, Brandon. I appreciate that. Like, um, you know, if you watch the podcast or listen to it, obviously you could see that I got choked up just talking about it. And it's 15 years ago at Happy, you know. Um, Danny Boy Bronx said, sad ending to one of my favorite Jets of all time. The guy could flat out ball. Uh, I, got, I got some more. Um, it's just... Like I said, just people uh, remember the play live was absolutely crushed. Warrior on the field. Always love it. Wayne Corbett. That's from TC Cook, 1990. Um, let me see. We had some great responses on YouTube. Um, great podcast from Mike Sulo. I don't think anyone truly know what you went through with having to retire from the NFL. Thanks for opening up. A lot of respect for you. Hashtag Godfather slot. So that's pretty much some of them. Um you know, another yeah. one, just a uh, Raymond luxury yacht. Just a quick note. Thanks for opening up on your latest podcast as someone who has had the black dog visit time. And again, good to hear you are still swinging and strong. So thank you very much, you know, for all the support and hopefully uh, we can bring some new content that uh, can have just as much of an effect on you. Yeah, it was, it was overwhelming. I mean, and I love the fact that that guy's name is El Dudorino, by the way, yeah. that one that's, that hits pretty good. Yes. I just want to give them credit for reaching out and, and following us. And, you know, on we are to uh, episode six of the podcast. Yes. And he, so you folks, he's weighing right now, as he said, he had shoulder surgeries, which means he's playing hurt again. He's doing it again. So, you know, the response might be overwhelming again after this one. Uh, so get ready for that, actually. Yeah, I had it yesterday uh, morning, got out in the afternoon and um, was at my kid's soccer game at five o'clock. And people are like, what you do? I said, I just got surgery. Like, why you're here? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to miss my game because of a little still loopy on anesthesia. But hey, man, you got to play hard sometimes. Yeah, he, he schedules it into his uh, calendar like it's a routine teeth cleaning. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we're doing all right. We're all back there. We're going to be healthy soon. Yeah. And um, like you said, you attended, what was it? The golf, golf outing? It was a golf outing for the Jets for sponsorships and stuff like that. And I talked to Woody, hadn't seen Woody, you know, since he did his ambassadorship. So it's been a couple of years um, and just, he's excited to be back, back in the fold. And just said, you know, we talked about little personnel moves and stuff like that, but everybody's excited of what they've seen so far, you know, in the rookie camp and now at OTAs. So I don't know if you want to get into a little bit about what you've seen out there. Yeah, let's uh, let's recap it a bit. Uh, I wrote something on JetsXFactor.com yesterday. Actually, I'm sorry, today, but for your purposes, audience, yesterday, Wednesday morning, and basically the offense dominated. The defense did not have a good day. Listen, when it's not live and it's not 100% where tackling is not in play, right. sometimes the offense is going to have an advantage. It, there's just no way around that. But what's encouraging is this quarterback. It's not even, when was the draft? Six weeks ago? It's not even a month and a half into his professional career. And you could see that he's, he's different. His mindset, his mentality is different. And the best way I could describe it is he's not an overthinker. He doesn't think. Uh, Wayne, playing football, playing basketball, shooting from the outside, if you think about it and you overthink, it's not going to go your way, correct? Yeah. 
you kind of got to be on autopilot there. You did the reps, the mental reps, the physical reps. It should just come natural, you know, because when you think too much, that's when you're going to hesitate or you kind of kind of psych yourself out. So the fact that he's reacting like that and playing at this point in his career is definitely a, a big step forward to start with. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. He's, he's going to face many hardships. He's going to be a rookie his first year. He's going to have his ups and downs. But when he makes a mistake at OTAs in practice – he doesn't uh, obsess over. He doesn't lament over it. He moves forward. So the way he reacts is very natural. Everything's quick. His release is quick. His feet is his feet are quick. Uh, his decision making is quick. His placement is great. And the the two receivers who are really standing out. Actually, I'll go three. I'll put three in there. The rookie Elijah Moore. He could do everything. Early in team sessions, Wilson hit more down the sideline, go route, right sideline. Bryce Hall had great coverage. He was right there one-on-one. It wasn't too deep, so he didn't have over-the-top help. And, you know, right hand on hip, great coverage the entire time. But the big thing was Wilson placed it perfectly out in front and more. Yes, he's athletic. He's got that burst, but he's also smart he knew when to create separation and it was at the last moment. So, you know, nine routes with receivers, you want to create that separation at the last moment. And it was bang, bang, quick separation ball right there. So more as explosive as he is, he's that he's intelligent as well. Um, so that was a huge play uh, more. I know Wayne, you, you talked about more a lot so far. Is there anything this guy can't do? I don't know. Um, like I said, it's a little different not having pads on, but I saw the play you're talking about. And the thing is, when you're on the field, when we had it back then, they put a line on the field that's a certain amount, of, uh, maybe five, six yards from the sideline, and you want to be on that route. You, know, you want to release that side, and they kind of lean in to make sure you're inside that box. So when the quarterback does throw it over the shoulder, you can kind of drift to it and not end up out of bounds. And that's exactly what he did. He leaned on the guy. Uh, he restacked them and it was like a teardrop from, from Zach Wilson right over the top. And it's kind of, you can't cover it if it's thrown in that proper place. If you do the stack, the DB and, you know, he's showing that he could do that. And obviously the, in the middle and the quick stuff, uh, you know, more is kind of, you know, caught on really quick with that. Yeah. He is explosive and you're right. He stacked them. And as a corner there, you want to squeeze him to the sideline as much as possible to eliminate his space. And you know, it's tough. It's tough to do it again, especially without pads. Right. But, yeah. They can't grab your pads. They can't leave, right. you know, it's a little different, but uh, Hey, it is what it is right now. Right. But to get off to that great start in the team sessions was fantastic. Another guy who keeps standing out is Braxton Berrios. Uh, he is an interesting one because I guess Moore has taken his job in the sense where Berrios was their jet motion guy their gadget guy, you know, quote unquote, but Barrios could do a lot more than just that as well. And without Crowder there with Corey Davis hurt and Mims who came back Tuesday, but he didn't, you know, they're kind of, you could see they're easing him back into things, not, not putting a lot of pressure on him. Barrios is getting a lot of reps and he is really standing out. He's, he probably has the most receptions thus far. Yeah, he showed what he could do last year, uh, not just on the, uh, you know, return game and special teams. But uh, this is a great, 
this is a great advantage for him for being healthy this time of year. You know, those other guys are out or it's contract negotiations, something like that. So just for them to come in and Cole's in there and Moore's in there and they're getting all the reps and, uh, you know, they're getting the timing with their new quarterback and those guys are kind of falling behind. So maybe it shows, you know, that, um, you know, Crowder is more expendable than we thought because we knew more was going to come and play. But if Berrios, you know, ups his game and shows what he could, you know, do his, on top of last year, it's great to have two slot guys in any offense. Mm-hmm. You can put them on the opposite sides of the field. So, uh, you know, maybe that's the new uh, inside pairing, uh, Berrios and uh, more. And, and interesting too, LaFleur, what he's doing a lot is he's rotating the weapons. He's not sticking first team. And I know it's right. OTA, so it's more likely to happen. But it's it's apparent he's rotating guys. So you see Manasaw Bailey, another slot guy, getting reps with Wilson. Uh, you see Vincent Smith. You see, obviously, Mims, who wasn't on the first team because they're easing him back. Right. And you mentioned it, Keelan Cole. Uh, this kid, you know, reportedly, I forget who had, the re- who had the report, maybe Connor Hughes, that Douglas has been eyeing him for the past two years. And they really love him. Yeah, you could see. I know of him because I play a lot of fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. So I know when guys, you know, if guys are out, these guys get a chance to step up and get more volume and targets. But he's been he's been uh, made a lot of you know plays and contributed to that offense in Jacksonville. And if you, you see the highlights on him and Corey, you know, maybe they don't have the um, quantity of catches, but they make some pretty spectacular plays. One handed catches, you know, touchdown runs after the, you know, after the contact touchdown runs. So I think, you know, fans will be pleasantly surprised by the guys that are a lesser name, but good locker room guys and quality players like them too. Yeah. You need another football league. We have, we have two, one of them's going on the 18th year. So if, if a team drops out, uh, the DFL is going to invite Wayne Corbett. All right. Yeah. I play DraftKings and FanDuel. Almost every day. I got baseball going on right now. I got golf mm-hmm. Thursday. So uh, it's exciting stuff. But that's how I know what they've done in the past couple of years, those two yeah. guys. Baseball, and not to get off topic, but baseball is frustrating with the injuries, you know, yeah. right now. Really well, frustrating. Like, as commish, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to ask the league, do you want to up the IR spots? Because it's getting out of control. The worst thing was the end of the basketball. Everybody would take off the game, mm-hmm. you know, resting, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you never knew who was going to play. Um, the yeah. only thing you could count on is that the right John Julius Randall was going to play 44 out of 48. True. Minutes. It's the only True. thing you count on. And it didn't work out for those guys, but it's been a pretty good year for New York sports so far. Yeah. When you need minutes, look to Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he'll, so. he'll deliver. So what, um, else did, what else did you see out there? I mean, the offense was good. Zach Wilson, again, it's tough to put into words exactly, but not overthinking. And, and I'm not, don't correlate that with he's not thinking, he's not prepared. That's act, That actually means he is prepared, like Wayne said right. before. He's just naturally reacting. He knows what he's doing. He knows what to expect. Uh, the running game is really tough to gauge because it's not live, because, you know, it's not, full pads. Uh, Becton was there yesterday. He didn't participate, but he was looking on Carl Lawson too arrived. So that's something Jets fans and the whole team's excited about. The offensive line is playing well. I mean, as well as you could gauge it and properly, um, you know, digest it with not full pads defensively. There's a lot of young kids playing Jason Pinnock, uh, the pit kid outside corner. 
He got some first team reps. Bless Austin didn't participate. He was dressed, but didn't participate injured. So Pinnock got some time opposite Bryce Hall and with Michael Carter, the second in the slot, that means two, two rookie corners were really playing first team reps. Yeah. Um, like I said, we had talked about situation where last year where these young, you know, lower draft guys and free agents would get a chance in the mini camps or it's preseason games. This is the advantage of having these things this year. Guys like that, those two guys and others can show what they could do and just get adapted to the speed of the pro game. It's actually, you know, it's going to be kicked up a notch, you know, once they put the pads on and, you know, I think defense will kind of take a step ahead of the offenses, but we'll see the first day they go goal line, full contact, what this line can do versus this uh, front seven that the jets have, uh, have uh, brought together. So, uh, but right now, you know, the fact that these young guys are getting reps, that's uh, great for them going forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because the other thing that you notice too, is the coaching staff's enthusiasm, even Leon Washington, uh, you know, I asked someone, did Leon coach prior to this season? Because he is one of the more enthusiastic coaches doing Mm -hmm. his special teams thing with Boyer. Um, But going, going live on the goal line, I'd love to see what Olbrich and Salah are like in that situation. Yeah. Like you said, it kind of like people look forward to that, that first, second day in training camp when it's uh, you kind of find out, you know, whether they fool's goal or not, because these people are doing, you know, shorts and T-shirts on. I always talk about that. You know, I always see these receivers every year in minicamp. Look awesome. Mm-hmm. Graceful. Lynn Swan out there. We're going across the middle. One hand catches. And then you put the pads on. It's like alligator arms. You know, they don't want to go sell out. You know, just things change separates the boys from the men, but uh, we'll see what these kids have. But like I said, this is an awful good advantage that these vets are out and these young guys are getting a chance to show what they can do. Yeah. And the one consistent thing defensively I'd say is the linebackers, Mosley, Jared Davis uh, in nickel. Those are the two guys. And then whomever they have at will. So consistency at linebacker Mosley made a, he made a nice veteran play on Zach Wilson dropping he was to the right side edge bluffing like he was going to come in the red zone and then dropped to the middle of the field and should have had a pick on Wilson but hit his hands deflected off and like I said Wilson will make mistakes he has an OTAs as well the stats aren't what I'm interested in when looking at the guy though it's it's everything else it's his uh fundamentals it's mechanics and how he reacts and how he processes things and he's never one of the best signs ever in this new league where it's three stepping out. He's rarely late on any three step, three stepping out play. And, that, and that's a tremendous thing. His release is really something special. He doesn't have the strongest arm, you know, like a Jeff George or Josh Allen, but that's okay. You don't need a strong arm in this NFL, right, Wayne? Well, yeah. I mean, for certain throws you do, and sometimes it gets a little windy in, in the MetLife Stadium, but a lot of it is anticipation, you know, throwing it before guys in and out of his cut. Mm-hmm. And I know he did that in a play in the back of the end zone with yeah. Elijah where he had to throw it early. So he just took enough off it that he can have uh, Elijah get open and the ball would be there already, you know, cause he couldn't hold on to it or the, the pocket was collapsing, but that just comes with doing it over and over again and getting timing with these, uh, with these young receivers. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the kid still has a strong arm. It's just not, it's not, 
it's not the very, very best is what I'm saying. So I'm nitpicking, but to your point, the anticipation, that one play, it was a lot of rookie quarterbacks would have thrown it down the middle, high, away, out of bounds, given up. But when he was running out of time, he released it earlier than he wanted to put enough air underneath it to meet more, um, more towards the corner of the end zone where he was going and more not giving up on the play was a good job too. So that sort of stuff is really what's exciting moving forward. Yes. Fans reading this and, you know, watching everything on Twitter. Yes. It's still OTAs. Everyone understands that, but to get that information out, to understand what these guys look like, it's really important because this is still the NFL and this is still these kids sixth week as a sixth week as a pro, you know, it hasn't even been a month and a half. So from that standpoint, I do think they're doing a lot of good things moving forward. Yeah. I mean, some of these kids just turned 20 years old, if that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to be able to ease into it this way with these mini camps and stuff like that, till it gets serious in, in July and August and into the opening week, um, you said it's, it's priceless. You know, and then, you know, from what I've heard, they're staying after practice, getting extra reps. You know, Zach's great with the, uh, you know, watching film and stuff like that. They say he's a sponge. He loves to learn. So, I mean, it's like you said, it's, you know, not like last year, just kind of thrown in there. It's training camp. It was like hectic. You know, your mind's going crazy. But now they could just slowly get into learning how to be a pro, learning how to practice, learning how to watch film. That uh, That's going to help these kids going forward. Yeah, there was a there was a picture with Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Elijah Moore that surfaced recently on one of their Instagram accounts, and they were out with their girlfriends, or I think I don't think any any of them are, are married, so it must have been girlfriends. Um, so they're obviously hanging out off the field as well. Uh, did you have any go to guy as a rookie? I mean, a lot of rookies sometimes you're just fighting for your life and fighting to to make the team and fighting for your career. Did you have any go-to guys off the field that for that first year? Um, you know, I didn't know too, too many. There wasn't veteran receivers that I hung out with because right. I didn't know any of them, but like, you know, boomer size, they would have all the offensive linemen and offensive guys at like a lunch, you know, or dinner every week before the game that I would hang out there and get to know the guys, but two guys that really, took me in the older guys were kind of lockers were near me. They saw me and my hat was low and I didn't talk to nobody. And they're like, what's your deal? I'm like, nothing. Like you don't talk much. I'm like, I don't want to talk. Yeah. But like, I like you. I like something about you. And that was Richie Anderson and Fred Baxter and uh, like Adrian Morrell, those guys starters on the offense. They just, they got a kick out of me. They know I didn't take no shit. You know, they knew I wanted to play hard. They knew I would, would kill them on a spot if I needed to, to make the team. So mm-hmm. they always uh, kind of took care of me. Yeah. The, the chip on the shoulder guys. Yeah. That's, you could spot them. And yeah. you were definitely one of those And it, it fuels you. It serves, it serves a good purpose sometimes. Yeah. I was a foxhole guy. Mm-hmm. I was a guy that you wanted in your foxhole. Um, and the people knew that. And that's why people kind of got drawn to me. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that they uh, gave me a chance to, you know, gain their respect and uh, be great teammates to them. Right. And it's different today, too, with the social media. It's a little different because, you know, the fans see a lot more than um, they may have 25 years ago. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, video, you know, phone cameras and social media and all that stuff. Everything is everything is out there. 
which is like a, we, we said before, be, I can't imagine having that when I played everybody knowing every part of your business and what you said, you know, 10 years ago when you were in high school, that could be misconstrued as something yeah. bad or what you said or who you looked at too long. And it's just crazy that you can't live your life like that in a fishbowl like it used to be. But uh, you just have to be smart with what you're doing and uh, just worry about, you know, being a good team, a good player and a good person. One more thing, going back to the previous episode on the retirement. There was one more, I won't say one more, but this one caught our attention in terms of uh, trying to reach out to Wayne. The question, basically, the feel is as fans, as paying customers, this guy came from an empathetic viewpoint. Is there anything fans can do um, in order to, to help the retired players, in order to help the players that need help? Uh, by way of concussion or CTE or depression or, or anything of that nature. He, he wants to know if there's any, anything in terms of responsibility he could take on or other fans should. I don't know. Just, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything they can really do actively to better the situation, but certainly, you know, the response that I got from the episode um, you know, it's questionable. Like I told you, I never really talked about it, but it seems that a lot of athletes are coming out and I saw the response they were getting. So to respond and make comments like they did was, was enough to let me know that they cared, you know, that not only cared about me as a player scoring touchdowns for the team, that they still care for me as a person and an individual to, to be thankful that I can help them or help somebody they know. So that's enough just being there and supporting us after our career's over. Right. And you told me this before that episode, if you could help just one person, it would be worth it. Right. And it seems I I helped a lot more. So it's a a nice thing to, uh, to know. Right. So Miguel, thank you for that question. One last thing before we wrap this baby up. (laughs) Fantasy. Wayne is a big fantasy guy. So who's going to be the top fantasy receiver this year for the jets? For the jets. Uh, that's tough because mm-hmm. I like I like I like them all, but um, I don't know who who are they going to focus on. It won't be just one guy, but I've seen you know Cole and Corey Davis have 25, 30 fantasy days. Uh, I think Moore is going to get you know a lot of action, you know, and it's volume, quick screens, bubble screens, you know, chance to run the ball a little bit. So you know, I think it be could be even between uh, you know Moore. Uh, I'd say Cole and, and Davis, um, but you don't know what Crowder can do. You know, he's more of a, you know, large target guy, but you know, they have, they have their options. And some people say, well, you didn't need to draft a receiver. We had receivers. You need to draft more, but you can never have too many good receivers. Right. I think you're right. It's going to be a, a mishmash and there'll be injuries. There will be injuries. There always are. Right. And, you know, more, the other thing is with more, you know, rookie receivers have a tough time in this league, you've got to learn a lot in terms of coverage. It's not easy. It's not just yeah. about the athleticism, you know, in I'm talking to a guy who has the record for more, most receptions over his first two years. So uh, maybe you have the secrets there. You know what it is. You have to get adjusted to the speed of the game, but you have to know the defenses and what they're trying to do. And here's the thing. It's like any young pitcher that comes up that does well, in major league is because they don't have film on them. No one's seen yeah. them before. They don't know what their pitches do. But when you come out of receiver, you do well, then they got film on you. Then they know their tendencies. They know, you know, where you're lining up, what kind of route you're going to run. And they know how to defend you better. 
So uh, that's when things get tricky. That's when it becomes a chess match. After they figure you out, what can you do then? You know, it's an awful long season compared to college. So you have to be able to maintain that for the whole year. And I think uh, these guys get a good head start, you know, learning how to do with that. Yeah, the more Jets fans be excited about Elijah Moore, this kid, he's just noticeable. Even if you don't know what you're looking at, he's noticeable. Right. I think his rookie status is the only thing holding me back from saying he will finish with the most fantasy points or be the most productive guy in 2021. Wayne, yeah. any any final thoughts? No. Thanks for tuning in to episode six. Always a blast. Like I said, thankful for the questions and the comments. So we're going to do a, another mailbag. You guys get your questions out there on uh, Twitter or to our email, which you could find on, on the podcast. And I'm uh, looking forward to episode seven. Yeah, folks, to ask Wayne any question, anytime, we'll kind of fit the mailbag in as we go. Maybe other every other episode. It's underdogjetspodcast at gmail.com underdogjetspodcast at gmail.com. Ask those questions and away we go. Until next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.